Well, hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast, and I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, once again. So thank you for joining us, and of course, this is a momentous occasion. You don't know this yet, but this is actually our 100th episode. Wow. So we have reached that 100-mile mark, and so I'm assuming it's just going to be smooth sailing from awesome. here. Awesome. We've hit the big time. <laughs> and joining us for this special August occasion is uh, author Lee Strobel. Uh, Lee, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Glad to do it. You know, I say author, but there's so much more, <laughs> obviously, that you do. I mean, like grandfather. Grandfather. Yeah, that's number one. Professor, pastor, author. Mm. Um, you, you do it all, so to mm. speak. Um, but, you know, for you're, you're most known for the case for Christ, I yeah. think. And, uh, you know, for like the, the two listeners that may not know what we're talking <laughs> about, could you just give a little bit of your background and, and, and your testimony of how you came to know the Lord? Yeah, I was a skeptic for much of my life, an atheist. Uh, my wife was, uh, I would say, agnostic, kind of confused spiritually. And um, um, she, through meeting a Christian woman who became her best friend, um, went on a spiritual journey, went to church with her, asked questions, came to faith, which I thought was the worst news I could get mm. as an atheist. Um, I was going to divorce her but um, decided instead to use my journalism training and legal training to investigate whether there's any credibility to either Christianity or any other world religion. And so I launched what turned out to be a nearly two-year investigation of the uh, evidence for God from cosmology, physics, biochemistry, genetics, human consciousness. But largely it was an investigation of Jesus. Uh, Did he claim to be the Son of God? Did he back up that claim by returning from the dead? That was really the crux of my investigation. Um, And ultimately, on November the 8th of 1981, concluding that um, in light of uh, the strength of the evidence for the truth of Christianity, it would have taken more faith to maintain my atheism Mm. than to become a Christian. So that's when the scale sort of um, uh, shifted dramatically. Mm. And that's when I um, repented of my sin, received Christ as my Lord and Savior, and my life uh, began to change. And so we can read more about that in The Case for Christ yes. or watching the movie. Yeah, it's still on Netflix. Um, yeah. So if people have Netflix, it's called The Case for Christ. And uh, we're, it's, it's, you know, it's fictionalized to a degree because sure. they had to tell our whole story in 90 minutes. Right. But I'd say it's about 80% accurate. So what is, what is it like to watch your life story on the big screen? I, I can't fathom... Uh, what that would be like if I were in that situation? Well, it's embarrassing, <laughs> uh, mainly because they showed a lot of my pre-Christian life, which mm. I'm not proud of. I was a narcissist. I was uh, lived a very immoral life. I, I was uh, drunk. Um, and um, so I'm not proud of how yeah. that was depicted. Uh, but at the same time, we knew that we had to tell the truth if we were gonna, people were going to respond. And and so it was worth it for the people who come to faith. We had 22 people come to faith at one showing of the film wow. in New Zealand. Crazy. Yeah, we've had a lot of positive um, steps taken by people toward God. So um, it was worth it for that. It was, uh, um, you know, disconcerting to see yeah. the story on screen. But we're, we're really proud of how it turned out. Awesome. Bob, I enjoyed the movie, and I know uh, our students did. So we are here right now. We're actually on location. We're not in our normal studio uh, because our normal studio, my classroom, <laughs> is being taken over. We're at the uh, Community Strong Family Conference, and we've been kind of hyping that. Of course, by the time this airs, this will be in the rearview mirror right. here. So we're at the Ironworks Hotel here in Beloit. So if you hear a little background noise, that's what that's about. But I like being 
on location. Yeah, it's a cool out. hotel, by the way. Oh, it is. It's yeah. fantastic yeah. since they've redone it. Oh, beautiful. So if you're listening, Ironworks Hotel, if you want to throw in an advertisement <laughs> or a sponsorship, Product we, placement. Would, we would turn that down. <laughs> so we're here to talk about what I believe right now is your latest book, The Case for Miracles. Yeah. And so what we'd like to do on our podcast, we'd like to talk about theological topics. Yeah. We break it down, we define it, and we, we talk about it. So I want to talk about this book, but I want to start off with how do we define exactly what a miracle is? Because some people will say, you know what, that was a miraculous, whatever. Right. That was a miraculous shot. Right. Uh, you know, the buzzer beater at the last second or whatever. Right. Or anything from curing cancer to uh, the absolutely unexplainable. So how yeah. do you define what a miracle is? Um, Richard Pertill was a philosopher, I think, came up with, I think, the best definition. He said, a miracle is an event brought about by the power of God that is a temporary exception to the ordinary course mm-hmm. of nature for the purpose of showing God's action in history. So, in other words, um, where I think people go wrong is they define a miracle as violating the laws of nature. Yeah. Uh, I don't see it that way. I see it as a temporary exception um, uh, or an intervention. And the reason I say that is because, you know, here I'm holding a pen. Uh, if I were to drop this pen, it would hit the table. as it just did. But if I drop this pen and you were to reach in and catch it before it hit the table, Mm. you're not violating the law of gravity. You're merely intervening. Mm. And so I think that's what a miracle is, where God intervenes. He doesn't violate the... He normally works through the laws of nature that he himself created. But occasionally, I think he does, um, for whatever reason, um, choose to intervene. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, because I've heard miracles explained this way, that uh, not just explain, but describe mm-hmm. as glimpses into what life should have been like. Because we're living, mm-hmm. in a sense, to the exception of the world, because we're living in a fallen world. This yeah. is not the world that God designed originally. Not to say that God didn't design science the way it is, but we live in a fallen world. But some of these miracles just kind of give us glimpses into God's original design, God's original heart. Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at it. Um, yeah, you know, we see healings, for instance, that uh, are a reflection of God's desire for uh, our health yeah. and, you know, how we were before the fall. And yet, because of the fall, because we live in a sin-stained world, we get cancer, mm. we have heart attacks and so forth. But uh, in my book, I document cases where there's a uh, incredibly well-documented mm. intervention by God uh, to heal people. And I think you're right. It's a glimpse of how things would yeah. have been. So the book starts off with you talking with a skeptic. Yes. And this is a person who walked away from whatever faith he had because you just, you just can't believe in miracles yeah. because science won't allow for it. Yeah. So, and then, and then you begin speaking with, and you had, it seems like some, some questions yourself that just yeah. couldn't be answered. And so as you do in many of your other books, Case for Creator, Case for Faith, and, and others, Case for Grace, you, you begin to interview experts in the field. Right. So tell us about how that all unfolded and, and how God worked through that. Yeah, I really wanted to sit down with Michael Shermer, who's the number one skeptic in America, yeah. editor of Skeptic Magazine, and ask him, I, I, I challenged him, I said, give me the case against miracles. And I gave him basically three chapters in the book to make that case against yeah. miracles. Um, and then I set out to show that there were answers to the objections he raised, and on top of that, a very strong affirmative case for uh, God uh, intervening miraculously in our age and time. So um, uh, I, I wanted to have him on the record uh, yeah. talking about why he was a skeptic. I think that's important. And then the counterpoint to him, uh, Craig Keener, in a sense, uh, is a professor uh, out uh, at the Let's see, where is he at? He's in Lexington, Kentucky at the seminary there, um, Asbury Seminary. And Dr. Keener has written a monumental two-volume, probably an 850-page book 
um, on miracles. And it's probably the, the most thorough treatment on the topic ever. And um, so I interview him. He responds uh, to a lot of what um, was alleged by Dr. Shermer. And then uh, others, I think, um, throughout the book, um, respond to his objections and then build an affirmative case. I think it's quite strong. And so, you can, again, you can read that in the book that we want to encourage you to get the book, The Case for Miracles. And in fact, as our big, exciting 100th anniversary big surprise, we're going to give away one of the copies of the book awesome. signed by Mr. Strobel. You didn't know that yet. Great. But, well, I got um, one here for you. I'll, I've already signed it. <laughs> so um, you're, we're going to give that away, and I'll, and I'll give some details on the website of how we're going to do that. So you're, you're, you're interviewing all these people, and you're beginning to see uh, not only are biblical miracles possible and most likely probable, yeah. but miracles still going on today. God yeah. is still at work today. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. That's the key. I mean, I, I became convinced that the, of the truth of Christianity because of a miracle, which was the yeah. resurrection. I think the historical data for the resurrection are very strong, mm. clear, and compelling. But I wondered, is God still in the miracle business? Because, frankly, some of what I hear to be miraculous, um, I'm skeptical about. Yeah. And it is true, as I point out in my book. Sometimes there are misdiagnoses. Sometimes yeah. there's a placebo effect. Sometimes there's x-rays that have been read incorrectly. Sometimes uh, there are uh, charlatans. Yeah. Um, all that's true, but it doesn't explain everything. And then I have examples that I, I think are inexplicable apart from the miraculous work of God. And these are all detailed yeah. with um, verifiable uh, footnotes and whatnot you yeah. can look up and that's see. that's right. So, again, we want you to get, out, get the book, The Case for Miracles. Um, we, we usually wrap things up with, and I'm trying to keep things a little uh, shorter on time, yeah. uh, being appreciative of the time that we have. Sure. Um, we try to end off each episode with some practical notes. Yeah. Um, and so the question I want to ask is, and I know this has been a personal issue for you, it's, yeah. it's affected you personally, what do you say to the person who, who says, looks at this, like, yeah, miracles are great, but I've been praying. Yeah. I've been praying real hard, and I, I believe I have faith. But I still have, maybe it's the chronic illness I have, or it's the, the, the bills that still aren't being paid, or the relationship that's still not fixed, and I need a miracle, and it doesn't seem God's listening. Yeah, and, and that's very common, and as you say, I have a personal interest in this, because my wife Leslie has a medical condition that has her in pain every day uh, for the last 20 years, and will be for the next 20 years, unless God does a miracle. It's an incurable condition, and um, we've prayed and asked for a miracle and have not received it. Um, and, um, you know, we don't know the complete answer to that. Yeah. Uh, but we do know God is sovereign. We do know that God's ways are above our ways. We do know that God draws good even out of the suffering that we go through yeah. in this world. We, don't, we do know that miracles were not automatic in the New Testament yeah. either. We know that Paul left Trophimus behind when he went off on a, a missionary journey and Trophimus was still sick. Yeah. We know that uh, the disciples were given the authority to heal in Matthew chapter 10. And seven chapters later, they couldn't heal an epileptic boy. So um, they weren't automatic back then either. Um, and it's interesting, when I talk to people who've had miraculous healings, uh, and I, I say, why you? Yeah. To a person, they say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a formula. I don't know why God chose to do mm. this in my life. Um, someday we'll be able to ask God. Uh, we don't know. But, but we know that we can trust God uh, from all the evidence that we have. Uh, we know that uh, he has our best interest in heart, ultimately. Yeah. And we know that um, those of us who follow him will someday be in a place with no pain, no suffering, no tears, and so forth. 
So you know, it's one of the one of the things that we can um, puzzle about. Yeah. But at the same time, we have at least twenty lines of evidence that point toward the truth of the Christian faith. Yeah. And and uh, so we can have confidence that God does exist, that right. He does love us, that He sent His Son to die for us, that we can receive Him as our forgiver yeah. and leader, and be adopted into God's family. And we can trust ultimately that he's going to um, cause all all things to work together for So him. you wouldn't look back at that person and say, the problem is you. The problem is you don't have enough faith. Or no, the problem is whatever. you know, that's a good good yeah. question. I, I think too often we, we make that claim yeah. to people's lives. Oh, if you just had more faith. Right. You know, my wife is the most devout Christian I've ever met. And, um, uh, you know, to say to her, oh, golly, maybe you just don't have enough faith, puts a burden on her that uh, she right. doesn't deserve to carry. And um, so I, I don't think it's that. Yeah. Um, I, I think God in his sovereignty um, will do as he will do. Right. You know, and, and I think of Romans 8, the whole creation itself, human beings included, are yeah. groaning for that day of right. future redemption. That's right. Um, and that this present pain, God tells us, won't, can't be compared to the joy that we will have. Exactly. But in the meantime, you know, we trust in the Lord and we realize that this isn't the, this world isn't operating as it should be, and I think my pain and my problems are evidence of that. It's evidence of that. It's an example every day. You yeah. know, somebody once said that uh, the nightly news is uh, the daily affirmation that we live in a depraved right. world <laughs> and a fallen world. And um, um, but we have hope and we can trust in that. I mean, yeah. you know, we we talked uh, tonight at the banquet that we did for Rock um, County Christian School about. Our hope being anchored, and, and Peter says yeah. our our hope is anchored in a miracle, the resurrection, right. and and we can have confidence that God loves us um, because He, and we have ample historical evidence for this. Sent His Son, who died yeah. and rose from the dead, and thus proved He is right. the unique Son of God. That gives that gives. I keep going back to that. Yeah, I keep going back to that anchor in my life. Right, and even there we see it, it just in the life of Christ, God had a purpose for the sufferings of Jesus. You know, the Bible says, I believe it's in Hebrews, that um, uh, uh, Jesus learned, um, um, uh, what, what's the term they used? Uh, through his suffering, yeah. um, uh, God taught him things. Right. And, and, and I think the same is true in our lives. Yeah. So again, our, the book is The Case for Miracles, written by Lee Strobel. And uh, we usually end each program talking about recommended resources. Of course, we're recommending that resource. Yeah. But I want to ask you just real quick about a couple of your other books. Yeah. And then we'll wrap it up. Um, I have to say, I haven't, I haven't read this book yet. By so, the way, it was, um, Eber says, <laughs> I just came to my mind, that uh, Jesus learned obedience yes. through suffering. And, and, and if, it, if it took suffering for Jesus to learn obedience, what about us? Right. Um, and the other thing I, I think about, too, is this. Uh, if God can take the worst thing that could ever happen in the history of the universe, which is the death of his son, the yeah. cross, and draw from that the best thing that's ever right. happened from the universe, which yes. is the opening of heaven to all who follow him, then even though we may suffer, uh, we can trust that God can draw good ultimately in this world or the next right. from the suffering we go Absolutely. through. Absolutely. Tell us about The Case for Grace. I haven't read yeah. that, oh, yeah. but it, it, the, the, the title alone... Yeah. compels me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to order that on Amazon tonight. You know, that's maybe my favorite book because it's about um, God's ability to transform lives. Yeah. And in there I have stories uh, of people who I've interviewed and, and studied and, and uh, um, documented who just have remarkable conversions whose lives have yeah. been turned 180 degrees around. 
Um, I think of this homeless uh, man in Las Vegas living on the streets, uh, contemplating suicide, drug addict, meth addict, convicted felon. Um, and yet it was the hug of a Christian who said, Jesus loves you, mm. that opened his heart. And he not only came to faith, but is now a pastor. Wow. And it's just a remarkable story. I love stories of God's transforming power. And maybe because of my own life. I mean, I was headed off a cliff um, uh, until God, you know, came into my life and changed my priorities and worldview and perspective and, and um, future, and et cetera. Um, so I love stories of conversion. I have a story in there about a guy who murdered 17,000 people. Hmm. Um, he was the head of the torture center for the Khmer Rouge wow. and yet has come to faith in Christ and has a remarkable changed life as a result of that. He's in prison the rest of his life, but witnessing to the guards, witnessing to the other prisoners, uh, a man of great faith and prayer now. Um, and then I have ordinary people because you know what? Ordinary yeah. people need God too. Right. And as I'm writing this book, I've got all these incredible stories of lives transformed. And then I thought, you know what? Somebody may read this and say, well, golly, they needed yeah. God. They were, they were really bad, you know? And so I have a chapter in there where I interview a nice guy. Hmm. His name's Craig Hazen. You may know him um, at Biola University. He's an apologist. Just a really okay. nice guy yeah. who came to realize, you know what? I'm a sinner too. I need, hmm. I need re redemption. I need uh, forgiveness through Christ. And so um, I, I, I have the range in there from the nice guy to the guy who murdered 17,000 people, everybody in between. Uh, but I tell their stories and um, my hope is that um, this will just encourage people yeah. to say that regardless of, of where we're at today, God can redeem us, he can change us, he can use us in ways that we never anticipated. Well, I'm glad you include the regular guy as well. You know, one yeah. of the things that we struggle with, uh, our seniors every year have to give a testimony. Yeah. Um, and some of them are just, Mr. Tom, I just don't have a testimony. Mm. So of course you have a testimony. Yeah. Are you saved? Oh yeah, but I'm saved. But uh, you know, I I grew up in a Christian home. And I said, you know, that is actually a pretty miraculous That's testimony. Right. That's days. right. And anytime God saves a wretched sinner, it's yes. a, it's a miracle that is, uh, you know, causes rejoicing in heaven. And yes. Cause rejoicing. I'm glad you brought that up because my wife Leslie used to say, well, you know, you've got this testimony. You were an atheist and. You came to faith and you became a pastor. My goodness, you know, uh, all my story is I was confused about God. I'd heard about Jesus. Yeah. I had no idea how he fit in. Then somebody explained it to me and I realized I was a sinner, that uh, Jesus died in my place as my substitute to pay for my sin. And I just needed to receive this free gift of his grace. And I said, Leslie, there's only about 5% of the population that are atheists. More people are like you. Right. They're nice people who are confused, mm. who, who don't understand the gospel. And God will use your testimony um, every bit as much or more than he'll use my testimony. As you say, I love what you said, every story is important. Yeah. Every story is a miracle. Never discount it and say, oh, I wish I were an axe murderer. Then yeah. it would have been a great testimony. <laughs> you know, um, it, The more ordinary it is, the more relatable it is to other people. I remember hearing an evangelist once talk about his testimony. He's like, well, you know, before I got saved, I was living behind bars. I was, you know, drinking all day long. It was terrible. And then at the age of three, God saved me. <laughs> you know, I was uh, talking to James Dobson once. He, was, of course, uh, he used to be head of folks on the family yeah. and everything. And he, he, I told my testimony and he said, well, you know, I don't have much of a testimony. I uh, became a Christian at age two. 
And I said, well, those terrible twos. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I have a two-year-old right now. That is a great miracle. There you I will go. Tell you that. There you go. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for your time, sure. Lee. And again, your, your schedule is kind of cramped, but you took the time to, to be with us. I'm glad and, to do uh, it. I want to make sure all of you remember, check out our website at www.basicbiblepodcast.org. We'll have links to uh, the Amazon sites where you can purchase these books, Case for Grace, Case for Christ, Case for Miracles is the, the main one we've been talking about today. And again, you can check us out on Twitter at Basic Biblecast and on Instagram at the same thing. So join us again next week as we continue on with episode 101 as Ooh. we enter in a new generation. <laughs> so have a great rest of your week. God bless.